Hello. How are you? Listen, I'm concerned for my friend, Penn Gillette. Here's the thing. I've known him for years. And he's always been rather jovial, if not kind and considerate. He's turning bad. Bad. I fear for all of us. But mostly, I fear for his family. Please, be on the lookout for bad. Penn Gillette. Wow. Be a bad guy. Welcome to episode 26 of the Bloatbusters podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Brian. And today we have something rather special set up for you. We have an interview with director, writer Adam Rifkin, who is currently working with the wonderful stage magician Penn Gillette to create a film called Director's Cut. And he managed to take about half an hour out of his rather busy schedule, since they're already in pre-production, to talk to us about his work, the film, and where they're going to be going with that. Now, Brian, did you want to... Uh, I just uh, wanted to give a warning that this episode does contain some spoilers about Director's Cut. Um, Not entire spoilers, but if you want to remain in the dark, uh, well, you're going to have to wait a long time to listen to this, because the movie's not coming out for about another year. But the great thing with this, it's being funded by the fans and by the public, and uh, so uh, you are a part of the process. So. Yes, very, very much a part of it, and Lola just can't stop being Lola so excited about it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> enjoy, yeah, yes. enjoy the interview, and go to fundanything.com/pen to see the pitch and all of the rewards available. Enjoy. Hello. 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 Hey. <laughs> How are you? Uh, we are very good. Thank Doing you. well, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well. Um, to start with, thank you very much for agreeing to do this. Greatly appreciate it. Of course. It. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, guys. Oh, no, no problem at all. <laughs> so, Mr. Rifkin, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves to our listeners very quickly? <laughs> sure. Adam Rifkin here. Adam Rifkin on the line. Um, <laughs> some of you may know me through some of the films I've made. I made a movie called Detroit Rock City that uh, some well people have liked. <laughs> Um, I made a movie called The Chase with Charlie Sheen that uh, seems to play a lot and get a lot of uh, positive <laughs> feedback, luckily. Uh, I've, uh, I've, made a, I've written a whole bunch of kids' movies that um, some of you guys may have seen. One was called Mouse Hunt, one was called Small Soldiers, one was called Underdog. And I've also directed a bunch of independent films. Um, one was called The Dark Backward, which is my sentimental favorite. The best film I think I've ever made is called Look, which is all shot from surveillance cameras. My newest film that I just finished premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival just a few months ago. Nice. Called called Reality Show, which is a satire about the world of reality television. Oh, I'd be very much interested in that. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. And uh, yeah, I'm here to talk to you guys about Director's Cut, which I'm collaborating on with Penn Gillette, the great Penn Gillette, who wrote the script and I'll be directing it. All right. Excellent. Is that a good intro? That is a great intro. intro. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say, I I didn't know too much about you before the whole Director's Cut thing started, and since then I've watched Look, and yeah, that's a very good film. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I still need to look at Look, but uh, I will will get there. Take take a look. (laughs) I I will try. All right. (laughs) I certainly will. Um, So can you just briefly tell us uh, how... Director's Cut came about. 
I absolutely will. Well, as you know, um, or I should say for those who don't know, yeah. <laughs> um, Director's Cut uh, is, uh, is the next film I'll be making. Uh, and uh, Penn and I have taken to crowdfunding to seek financing for the film. We're taking this film directly to the fans and uh, putting it in their hands and, and hoping that they uh, like what we have to say and what we are uh, wanting to make and will help us uh, make the film by helping us fund it. And in exchange, we've got incredibly cool things for, uh, for them all to, um, to have, cool stuff in exchange for cash. That's the you know that's capitalism at its finest. Oh, yes. um, and, and the way it all came about, I should plug though before I say, oh, go uh, uh, slash pen is where you can go and see our pitch video, learn about our movie, see what all the rewards are, and and uh, please give generously. <laughs> um, but uh, but the way it all came about, the way I find myself here on the precipice of uh, making this film, and by the way, we are making the film. We've got enough money now. Well, we've actually started pre-production. Oh, that's yeah, excellent. Well done with that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So uh, the, the way it all came about is um, I had made this film called Look, and um, it was um, – it, it played a bunch of film festivals and won a bunch of awards, and then it got a theatrical release and did really well on the art house scene, and then it, uh, it played uh, a lot on Showtime and, and uh, spawned a television series. Anyway, after that – I'm uh, driving home one night, and I get a call from my then assistant, Shane, and said, you're never going to believe this, but Penn Gillette is tweeting about Look. (laughs) And uh, I said, wow, that's great. And I was very flattered because, you know, first of all, I've always been a huge fan. Penn and Teller are, you know, magic and comedy geniuses. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Penn is just known for being a just really smart, really, you know, funny guy. So I thought that was really cool. So I get home, and uh, I thought to myself, I'm going to figure out a way to reach out to him and, and thank him for, for checking out my film and saying nice things about it publicly. And suddenly, pop, I get a message on my, uh, from, on my Facebook, uh, private message, a private message on my Facebook uh, page from Penn Jillette oh. saying, and this is late Friday night, and he says, um, I'm Penn Jillette. I'm... Uh, part of a comedy magic team called Penn and Teller. Yeah, like I didn't know who he was, right? <laughs> yeah. And he said, I just saw your film Look, and I absolutely loved it, and I would love to speak with you about it. So I uh, wrote him back, and I said, sure, here's my phone number. Feel free to call me anytime over the weekend. I'm a big fan, and I'm very flattered, and thank you. And I figured, you know, he'd call me sometime the next day. Two seconds later, my phone rings. Thank you, lad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he called me and said very nice things about the movie, which, you know, was very flattering. And then he said um, he had written a script called Director's Cut. And he had been uh, racking his brain trying to figure out who should direct the film. And after seeing Look, he felt that there was only one director for it, and that was me. And would I consider it? And then he pitched me the idea, which I immediately thought was genius. And I said, well, this sounds fantastic. I, uh, you know, I'm very excited about it all. I'd love to read the script. He said, let me email it to you right now. He did. I read it right then. I called him back. Now we're talking about 3 o'clock in the morning, roughly. Wow. And we had another lengthy talk about how much I love the script. And the answer was yes, I'd love to direct it. And let's team up on it. So that's how it got started. And initially, we 
per, uh, pursued the traditional path to financing. Right. And it's a very unusual script. <laughs> and uh, I am none of us were surprised when the powers that be at, at, at movie studios um, didn't think that uh, it was for them. They all loved it, which is what was unique about it. I mean, I've had situations where I've submitted scripts to studios and they've said, we hate this. We're not financing it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but in this instance, they said, we love it, but we think it's too smart for a general audience. Which, which we th- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a bothersome <laughs> note right yeah, there. Yeah, very yeah. insulting to yeah. the public at large, you know? Yeah. So we didn't agree. And at around the same time, some crowdfunding campaigns had become very successful. The Veronica Mars campaign, you know, just did incredibly well. Zach Braff's campaign did incredibly well. Yeah. Spike Lee. And then most recently, a friend of Penn's, Adam Carolla, just made, you know, a million plus to make his movie. And we said, you know what? This movie is very unique. And it also, interestingly enough, it involves a film within a film. And the film within the film is funded through crowdfunding as, as a major component <laughs> of the plot, right? Nice. Yeah. So, so we thought it just seems like a natural that we would take it one step farther and actually pursue getting the film funded through crowdfunding. And we put a campaign video together and we put a campaign page together and we unleashed it on an unsuspecting public and it's been going like gangbusters so far. We are fast approaching our goal and uh it's been very exciting yeah Yeah. i'd imagine so i've (laughs) I've been watching it since i think the second day and it is astonishing how quick some of these numbers are going (laughs) oh it's incredible and uh and very exciting i mean i've i've never experienced anything like this crowdfunding campaign before because a lot of people think well you just put up the page and you check in every week or so and hopefully the number goes up no you you've got to work it every day i mean it's like running for mayor you're you're literally working your campaign every day but yeah because if you're not constantly out there then no one's going to pick up on it after the fifth day (laughs) exactly and busy lives and all that now you know it's you got to keep reminding them (laughs) so but yeah I, i think we're both happy to announce that we made our contributions oh yes uh, unfortunately unfortunately for me it's not as much as i would have liked but then again i'm currently in the middle of several different things taking all my money so yeah. I'm, as much as I hey, I'm happy i'm happy getting what i'm getting for my money yes so. yes very much so i i also just wanted to check i haven't checked in the last day has anyone bought your ponytail yet <laughs> not yet Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. What's, what's the asking up. price on that? <laughs> well, we I'll be honest with you. We priced our ponytails high in, <laughs> in, in kind of secretly in hopes that nobody would want yes. them. I, uh, I did get that feeling when I saw them go. Yes, I don't know if I'd want to meet the person that wants my ponytail, but <laughs> no, well, we we believe that you know there there is the you know the right buyer out there for both our ponytails, <laughs> or I should say the right psychopath out there. Yeah. But just uh, ship it to them. Don't give it to them personally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and definitely not going to let them be the ones to cut it off. Yeah. But. Um, but uh, we, you know, we, we purposely priced it high because we don't necessarily want to cut off our ponytails right now. But you know what? We are so committed to our cause that if somebody is willing to pay that money, 
They can have our ponytails. That's God great. <laughs> Maybe what you should have done, at least have a minimum price, but say, like, have it priced every day as the rest of the money to get to the goal, just oh, in case someone yeah. does do it, and then obviously shift it down every day with however much is there. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll post that idea to the group. That's very <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right. I was going to say, I don't think Brian didn't really know much about the film until, except for what I've really. Yeah, and I watched the uh, pitch video, but yeah, uh, yeah and and uh, I, I thought maybe you should explain, obviously spoiler less uh, explanation of what this film is for those people that again haven't yes. looked up the website. Sure. Well, this. by the way, by the way, since everyone involved in uh, contributing to the campaign is a fellow filmmaker on the project along with us, they are allowed to hear the spoilers because if, you know, if we were submitting a piece of material to a studio, they would get to read the script before they decided whether they wanted to fund the film or not. The, the fans at large are now our studio on this project. So they are allowed to um, hear the, the, the whole story. If they, don't, if they choose not to hear the spoilers, you, Please turn down your volume now. Um, but, but we're not hiding them from people okay. because we want people to feel, which is accurate, that they are involved. They are filmmakers on this journey with us. So here's my version of the pitch, which is a, a, a shorter version than, pitch, uh, than Penn pitches. Penn's pitch uh, and the way he pitches it is brilliant. But I'll give you the short version, which is basically it's a thriller, but it's a very unique, very meta thriller where we take the uh, collective knowledge that the audience already has and we use that knowledge against them to fuck with their brain uh, and what I mean <laughs> by great. can I say fuck uh, of course okay. <laughs> uh, what I mean by that is is first of all let's let's uh, 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 take it from the first step we, everybody's familiar with directors commentaries on DVDs and blu-rays oh, yes so <laughs> this film, takes the director's commentary and uses it as a narrative device throughout the entire film. There's no choice. You can't click it off as an option. The director's commentary plays over the entire film uh, uh, of director's cut. That's, part of, that's, that's one of our, our devices. And so what happens is um, the movie starts and what, what begins is a, a very taut, creepy cop thriller in the vein of Seven or Silence of the Lambs, okay? Right. And as soon as it starts, you hear the voice of the director, and you're going to recognize that voice as being Penn Jillette's voice. And he's going to start saying, hey, uh, I'm the director of uh, this film. Uh, welcome to my director's commentary. I'm going to be here with you the whole way telling you stories about how we made it and what it was like working with some of these incredible actors. And, um, and as the film unfolds, you're going to be able to follow the story of, of the movie, um, that, that he's talking about between the things he says, but his voice will never go away. And he'll talk about the actors and he'll tell anecdotes and things like that. But the girl who plays the lead in the cop movie, she's an FBI you know, profiler uh, who's after a serial killer. And this serial killer is, is mimicking famous crime scenes from famous serial killers. And she's on the case, right? And, and, he, when he ta and the actress who plays this role is going to be playing herself. You know, so... Whoever the actress is that we cast, he'll say, God, you know, it was so great working with so-and-so. And she's such a consummate professional. And, 
and he'll start telling stories about what it was like working with her. And then he'll start talking more about how much he loves working with her and he loves being around her and he loves the way she smells and the lo- he loves the way she looks at him. And suddenly you start to realize this director's kind of a creep. You know what I mean? This <laughs> yeah. director is a little inappropriate the way he's talking about his leading lady. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And as the movie starts to unfold, you start to see that the editing is maybe a little bit more crude in spots than you might expect from a finished Hollywood film. Suddenly things are, are missing. Like she goes in to kiss her leading man, but the kiss is hacked out. In a real sloppy way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or there's a scene where she starts to take off her shirt and it's repeated twenty times. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I, I, and, I can handle that mistake. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and 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 then suddenly you start to see footage cut into the movie that's not from the movie, but from a camcorder, from you know, hidden from some dark corner of the set, zoomed in on her working, you know, during a rehearsal, you know, with the script mm-hmm. in her hand, and and little by little you start to realize this. I don't think this is the this voice is the director of this film. I think this voice is some sort of creep or some sort of stalker who's obsessed with this actress, right? Yeah. And as it unfolds, you start to realize, yes, that is indeed the case. And, and then you see this camcorder footage following her off of the set. And you see this camcorder footage following her back to her hotel. And you see whoever's behind this camcorder kidnap this actress and take her forcibly back to his, his, his basement dungeon slash movie studio that he's constructed, you know, sloppily, like a kid's play set, you know, where he's intending to reshoot the ending of the movie, and he's cast himself as the love interest. And suddenly you realize this is a movie about a stalker who is obsessed with an actress who bought a role in the film because the movie was crowdfunded, so he was able to gain access to the the production. He was able to stalk his leading lady. He was able to kidnap her and reshoot the movie to his liking, starring his, the object of his obsession. And the reason that it's called Director's Cut is he's put this all together to fulfill his twisted fantasy of how this movie should have been put together, and he's called it Director's Cut. And uh, it's going to be really wild. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, yeah, sounds amazing. And although, uh, although, of course, I would like to point out that you should probably have slight screening behind the people buying the roles on the film, just on the <laughs> off chance that you end up with life imitating art. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't that be life imitating art, imitating life imitating art? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially in uh, when Hollywood and uh, the studio system seems to be just inundated, or at least the theater is inundated with sequels and remakes. It's really refreshing to hear something that's truly original. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, no, I, that's, what it, that's what attracted me to it in the first place. When, when Penn gave me the original pitch, I was blown away. I said, I've never seen a movie like this before. And as a filmmaker, you know, I, I want to be involved in films that people haven't seen before, you know. And uh, this is an opportunity that we all have to do something wholly unique. Uh, from the minute I heard of it, given how much I already like all of these extra features anyway, I started to think, wow, how has no one ever really done this before as a narrative device? Just <laughs> Didn't you hear? It's too smart. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, yeah. No, everyone else is dumb. <laughs> Very true. I, I guess since those things started coming out, Hollywood has gone yeah. a little downhill with that. Uh, yeah, but I can't wait. I just, yeah, I'm excited to see it develop. Yeah, it's, it's almost one of those things of now that we've, crowdfunded it and it's getting close to its goal you then don't think oh no 
once this little period is over, they've got to go into pre-production, which you've already done, then production, then post-production. We've got to wait at least until, I would, I would guess, summer of next year before most of this stuff is coming out. I know that the DVDs mm-hmm. and Blu-rays will come out beforehand, and if you paid the right amount of money, yeah. you get to go to the premieres and stuff, so... But I'll tell you this, as it unfolds, we're going to keep everybody who's contributed involved because everybody's going to have access to the website and the website's going to have daily updates from the set, from the editing room, uh, from the casting uh, office. Every step of the way, we're going to have everybody, um, you know, have total access to the process So because everybody's... That's Everybody's great. a partner yeah. on this film. Yeah, it really makes gets... people feel like they're a part of it, something. Yeah, that's exactly. It, definitely the first I've ever heard of something like this happening where you get that much access to a film. And it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't wait. I just uh, got to bide my time now. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Until the... Yeah, well, that, that will make the waiting for the film yeah, to come exactly. out a lot easier. Do you Absolutely. Have, do you have a rough timeline when... You, you would like to, uh, sorry, like it to be released? Well, you know, we, we know it's going to be 2014, obviously. It's right. just a matter of exactly when. And, and, you know, frankly, whoever plays our lead female is going to have a lot to do with when we shoot. You know, because whoever yeah, we're casting, yeah. it's going to be somebody worth waiting for if they have, uh, you know, something, you know, going beforehand. So, yeah. you know, depending on her schedule, we'll, we'll be able to work around that. Excellent. All right, yeah. and and I must say, I'm hoping you guys get through the process of vetting the one super famous person Penn alluded to as wanting to play the police chief because I just want to know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything yet, but when when once we start announcing cast, you guys are going to be blown away. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> the, the good thing about this being that someone as likable and well-respected as Penn Gillette doing this is going to allow you access to that that level, which uh, will make this even even better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Penn is everybody knows Penn. Everybody loves Penn. Everybody acknowledges that Penn is a really smart and interesting guy. And everybody wants to be a part of things that are smart and interesting. And everybody wants to be a part of Penn. And, and he's got friends in high places. And, you know, we're, we're putting together an incredible team. Yeah, well, yeah, it definitely sounds it. Well, I I figured we would spend the last 10 minutes here kind of talking about sort of your career and choices in general. And I, I wanted to ask you, I know that you are a writer. You've written several films, as you said, uh, as in Mouse Hunt and Small Soldiers. And you've also directed a bunch of films. And I, I wanted to know which you preferred to do. Like, do you like the writing and coming up with the original material, or do you prefer going the director's route and directing those independent films? Well, it's interesting. You know, every version of the uh, process is different and is great in some way. I'd say probably first and foremost, you know, some of the most satisfying experiences I've had are when I, I've had an idea for a movie, I've written the movie, we've made the movie, and then I watch an audience like the movie. You know what I mean? There's something about you know that that, that totality of experience, creating something from nothing, that is really satisfying. Now that being said, I've also had incredibly positive experiences where I've read a script that I love, and I've interpreted it, and that's been a really fun process. Like Detroit Rock City, I didn't write; I just directed it, 
Right. Uh, my friend Carl Dupre wrote it, and it was so much fun to um, interpret his words visually uh, the way I thought would be a fun way to go, that that's been a really satisfying experience as well. And that's what I'm looking forward to with uh, Director's Cut, because Penn wrote such an incredible script that you know bringing that to life is really fun. I've also had great experiences writing movies that um, other people have directed. You know, you write something, you put it down on paper, you think, you know, this scene seems like it'd be really hard to figure out how to shoot it. Luckily, I don't have to worry about it. You, know? <laughs> you just wrote the thing, yeah. It's your <laughs> yeah, job so to make it fact, happen. On, yeah. on, um, on Mouse Hunt, Gore Verbinski, who directed it, uh, said to me, because I came to visit the set on uh, uh, the day when they were shooting, I don't know if you saw it, but there's a scene where just a, the whole house is covered with mouse traps, and once one of them goes off, the chain reaction creates a, just a wave of mouse traps all going off all at, at the same time in a in a wave. And the, there's as they were going off, they were chasing the two lead actors as they were trying to roll away from the snapping mouse traps. And he said, "Damn you for writing this, <laughs> because it took us forever to figure out how to get this done." I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty glad I didn't have to worry." About that. Yeah. I, I um, can't imagine the setup time for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, Something that took you a minute to write down. <laughs> exactly right. And if it, and if it didn't turn out right, I mean, it would have been days just to reset up. So, um, but that's you know, there are all the experiences are fun getting to be involved in movie making, and that's I mean, my dream growing up was I wanted to make movies. I'm from Chicago. Uh, I made you know little movies with my friends with the home you know movie camera, and always, always wanted to move to Hollywood as soon as I was old enough and pursue movie making for real. So any version of being involved in movies that are actually getting made, I got to be honest with you, it's all fun. At least for me. I mean, I can't speak for other people. I, I, I've met a lot of people in this town who are always stressed out, always angry, always bitter, and always have something to complain about. For me, I'm living out my lifelong dream. So to me, it's all fun. All right. right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, quickly, it just I, I wanted to ask if there was, uh, maybe while you were growing up, you said you knew this is what you wanted to do. Uh, any uh, seminal films that had a profound effect on you, maybe popular or maybe some that people aren't aware of? Absolutely. I loved movies growing up. I, I really became a student of movies just because I loved them so much. I started out loving monster movies when I was a little, little kid. That was my first love. Old monster movies, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black They're Lagoon. like the Universal. Yeah, yeah. loved yeah. the Universal monster movies. Yep. There was a show on in Chicago, in fact, it's still on, called The Son of Sven Gulli. And, and he is this ghoul who hosts monster movies, you know, uh, and he would show all the monster movies. So I would see all the Universal monster movies. I'd see all the, the Japanese monster movies, all the, the Hammer films. I'd see, uh, you know, every kind of horror movie I saw on his show. And it gave me a great education, uh, uh, you know, into the world of monster movies. When I hit about 10, 11, 12, I started to see movies um, – a little differently because the first movie that changed my um, my perception of film was uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest I saw when I was probably about 11 or so. Wow. And that movie just blew my mind. Suddenly I realized movies aren't just about, you know, they don't just have to be fun or cool makeup or uh, a rubber head floating down a river. You know what I mean? Some, mm -hmm. Sometimes now, you know, I realize movies can be emotionally moving and you know, intellectually 
challenging and can make you see the world differently. And that I used to, I watched that movie over and over. And then suddenly I started just watching all kinds of movies and just getting into film as an art form. I got really into, you know, um, all the great filmmakers like, you know, Coppola and Scorsese and Billy Wilder and Woody Allen and Sidney Lumet and all the European filmmakers and all the, you know, all the indie filmmakers and all the, the golden age of Hollywood filmmakers and just seeing as many movies as I can. And I still love to do that, you know. And each movie, even a bad movie, inspires me in some way to either learn what to do or what not to do for movies of my own, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, I'd, I'd imagine so, especially if you love films so much. You might even want to go and see the, quote, bad <laughs> film just to, to see what you can take from it, the good and the bad, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, listen, I love bad films. And in fact... You know, bad films can be educational, like we just said, you know, you know, learn what not to do. But also bad films can be some of the funniest films ever made. Oh, yeah. You know? well, yeah, whether intentionally or not, it's still <laughs> exactly. fun to watch. I mean, me and a bunch of friends uh, watched a movie the other night called An American Hippie in Israel. It came out in the very early 70s. Okay. movie that has barely been seen <laughs> anywhere in the world. And it was so funny. We laughed so hard throughout so much of the film. Uh, so there you go. I might try to find that. This looks like it sounds like it's worthwhile. It was so funny. It took a turn uh, at the very end, which I did not like. I hate any cruelty to animals in films. And at the very oh, end, right. it looked like, I hope it was just tranquilized, but there's this lamb that appeared to be dead at the end. That was a bummer. But... Aside well, you, from you that. can always, you know, kidnap someone and re-shoot it to your liking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <good> idea. <laughs> I just thought of that, you know. So. Yeah. Good thing. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I think that's about. Is that about going to do it for right. us? Or did you have another question? Like I said, it, the only thing I was uh, going to ask was something that we thought would be interesting to get your perspective on. There's so many modern remakes of classic films or even remakes of things that only came out 10 years ago. And we were thinking, is there any film that you would love to have a go at remaking? Or are you of the school of people that just leave the classics alone and then move on? Like, start doing your own stuff. Um, I'm, not, I'm not against remakes. I, uh, you know, some of my favorite movies are remakes of other movies. You know, The Fly from, by David Cronenberg and The Thing by John Carpenter are both remakes of 1950s yep. sci-fi movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the originals are great and the remakes are great. And, uh, and I, you know, I think if the movie is good, it's good. You know, I mean, I, I, who was it? William Friedkin I saw speak recently and he said that I think it, he was talking about the Maltese Falcon was like the third version of that movie yeah. twice before. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. What movie do I think really, really begs to be remade? That's a great question. I don't have a, just a sort of off-the-cuff answer for it. But just conceptually speaking, you know, I think that there's a lot of really cool movies that the average person doesn't know exists. And if remaking a film, even if it's a bad remake, if it draws attention to the original film, which is good, then I think then that's worth it. You know, I mean, a Absolutely, lot of people. That's a good point. A, yeah, a lot of people are going to see Carrie this weekend. You know, now I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's good or not. I, I hope it's great. But if nothing else, a lot of the people who are going to go see it have never even heard of the original, 
And maybe they'll rent it and maybe they'll see, oh, hey, this Brian De Palma version of Carrie is fantastic, you know? So yeah. let's hope. Yeah, and maybe they'll yeah. start reading Stephen King and that, you know, it's... Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, we're uh, going to let you go here, Adam. Um, yeah, I, I, we, the, I had one other question written down, which was just, I, I know that you probably get a lot of, oh, what was your best day on set? Like, you know, t- tell us the best day you ever had. And I was just wondering... What was the worst day you ever had directing a film? Was there a day when just everything went wrong and it just wasn't a productive day at all? Or uh, I'll tell you this. I won't tell you who it is and I won't tell you which film it is because I don't want to get sued. But <laughs> okay. worst... You like to remain working. Yeah. Uh, right. But the worst day I ever had was on a, on a film I was making, the lead actress who was very famous. I mean, very famous. Okay. Uh, we had to fire her because she was doing uh, copious amounts of drugs oh. on set. <laughs> oh. and, uh, and we were not able to get anything shot for two days in a row. And finally we looked at each other and realized, you know, the value of this person in this film uh, is undeniable. Just their presence in the film has tremendous value to the film. But if we continue moving forward with her, we're not going to get a finished film at all. Right. So we decided to fire her. And so that was probably the worst day. Um, the best day... I've had a lot of best days on movies, I'll be honest with you. But the first one that comes to mind is probably the biggest day I've ever had on any movie. And that's when we shot the Kiss concert for Detroit Rock City. Um, we had 10,000 extras. And it was just, and we had, you know, like 15 cameras. And it was just a really exciting day because it was just so massive. Um, but the best experience I ever had uh, in any film, with regard to any film of mine, is, is the first screening we had of look it was a packed audience and their reaction to the film was so satisfying to me as a filmmaker that I, j- I just was completely high from that i mean that was a great experience and i look forward to having great experiences as well on director's cut and you too can be involved by going to fundanything.com slash pen watch the pitch video read the re- read the rewards you know be- become a part of this film donate money get cool stuff and we'll make a movie together. How was that last plug? That was, that was awesome. It's, yep, it's a great thing. Yeah, it's a great thing what you're doing. And yeah, uh, yeah, j- definitely. Just uh, just keep at it, as I'm sure you were already planning on. And uh, just, I really hope that everything will get fully paid. I I was just wondering, is there a point where, let's say, you get eight hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars, so you fall just a little short? Will, will you guys still be making it anyway? Or... Yes, we're we're making it now. Yeah, <laughs> we we have we we reached a uh, we we reached a point where we have committed to making the film. You know, if if we don't raise another penny, we're still making the film. That right. said, please don't stop giving pennies. <laughs> we we yes. want to reach our goal. We want to make the film exactly how we've imagined that the film could be, and we don't want to cut the corners that we would have to cut if we only had the exact amount of money that's in the in the kitty right now. So we ask that everybody please help us reach our goal so we can really make this film the way we're, we're dreaming it could be. And, you know, by the way, again, this isn't charity. Check out all the rewards. When you, when you contribute oh, yeah. money to this film, you get cool-ass stuff. And, and I mean, you get tickets, <laughs> tickets to the Penn & Teller show and a suite at the Rio Hotel and a wild weekend in Vegas. You get, you, you get, all, you know, you get a line in the movie. You, get your, you can get a credit in the movie. You can get all kinds of, uh, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, I uh, I I wish I could have paid more. Obviously, I couldn't. The only <laughs> thing I would say is I hope that even once the deadline is passed, there's still that option of donating and possibly getting some of those rewards, if not all of them, because I would definitely prefer to upgrade if I ever get that much money before you start getting into <laughs> the actual film. So, you know yeah. what? I bet you that's. I'm going to find out if that's if that's uh, allowed because that's a great idea. We should definitely keep that uh, option available for anyone who still wants to get involved. I'm going to find out if that's true and, and, and check in and, and we'll, we'll see because that's a very good idea. All right. All right. Well, well I, I'm glad to have helped. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, th- thank you again very much yeah. for taking the time out of your very busy schedules to hit, talk to us here. Yeah. No problem. Thank appreciate you, guys. It. appreciate hey, it. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Pen's a bad guy. I've known him for years. I've never liked him. He's just someone he's an obnoxious, uh, disgusting human being. And uh, he, But you know something? He's gotten worse. He's gotten worse, believe it or not. And if you want him to get even worse than he is now, if such a thing is possible, then give him money, and he'll get much worse. I have total faith in pen that he could be the lowest human being on the earth. I'll be a bad guy.